0: This podcast is brought to you from our friends at Tincata Protective Fabrics, Emergency Networking, Grip, and IFSTA.
1: Welcome to Tailboard Talk
2: with Chris Rasmussen,
1: Craig Nelson, and Jeff Wallen. Every month we explore different topics of interest to you, our cohorts in fire and emergency services. So whether you sit back and listen, sound off on the message board, or call in live to be part of the conversation, we welcome you to join us in our mission to improve the fire service for those we serve and those we serve beside. Now coming to you live from the Great White North, this is Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio.
3: Hey, welcome to Tailboard Talk for Friday, October 20th, 2023. This is Jeff. This is Craig and Chris. And summer's coming to a close here in the Great White North to bring the uh, every episode of weather to the front of the forecast. But uh, things are starting to cool off. Hey. It's harvest time up here in the great white north too. It, it is um, harvest time. Yep. So I was passing beet trucks on the way over here. Um, in the red river valley close to Fargo, um, we do a lot of sugar beets that do that are involved in sugar processing that goes across the country. And there's a very short window of time when it's cool enough to be able to pull them out of the ground and it's not so hot that they'll be fermenting if you get them out. And so when that happens, there are trucks hauling product all over the place here. And luckily I made it to your house in one piece. I forgot my lines. (laughs) (laughs) So sugar comes from beets? What are you talking about? I know. I know. It's apparently more economical than coming from the cane out in the warmer parts. We don't talk about the cane. We don't
4: talk about the cane. (laughs) Cane doesn't pay the bills.
3: Oh, there you go. But (laughs) the beets do.
4: Yeah. No, it's busy out there, right? (laughs) Obviously, uh, surrounding communities from the metro area are are, uh, busy in the fire service because they're there's accidents and, and uh, mm-hmm. just the uh, roads are busier at this time. So be careful out there.
3: Yeah, always seems to be a little bit of a craziness that sets in when the weather changes up here too. So when it goes from warm to, hey, you know, it's going to be butt cold real soon. <laughs> uh, it just gets a little odd. So <laughs> crazy calls start coming out.
4: Sugar comes from beets. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what have what, what you, you been up to, Jeff?
3: Well, gosh, we've been busy on a lot of calls. We've been busy at trying to put some new policies and procedures in place, kind of where I've been working and trying to build up a new management team with some hopefully new and enthused captains that are coming on board. And the timing couldn't be better for the guests that we have on today. And I'm going to ask Craig if he'll introduce our guest, which he won't because he likes putting people on the spot. So Craig, do you want to introduce our guest? I forgot my lines.
5: <laughs> no, no, no I, I, uh, I would love to introduce him, but I think he'll do a better job of it. So
6: Josh, I'll let you. I don't know about that, but yeah, my name is Josh Christopherson. I'm a 15-year uh, firefighter up in uh, the west side of the river here in Fargo. I um, served two years as a volunteer firefighter in Bram, Minnesota, and one of our newest promoted captains on the
5: Fargo Fire Department. So, just am interested to hear what we have to talk about
3: today. Nice to have you here.
5: Exciting, and we want to, again, make sure we congratulate Absolutely. you and acknowledge that, that that's a big achievement. Uh, we often in the fire service are not real good at recognizing achievements like that. So, again, congratulations. Yes. At the, we, Absolutely. We, well done. we all understand the, the work and the time and the energy that goes into that. And uh, it also means that you care a lot about the department if you're willing to go through those processes and, and try and get promoted. Thank you.
3: So, Chris, you seem to be having fun with a fly that's <laughs> landing on your microphone there.
4: But I don't want to talk politics.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I forgot my lines. (laughs) Well, it's harvest time up here in the Great Way North.
5: (laughs) Sugar comes from beets, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I
3: heard we have a guest tonight.
6: Hi, I'm (laughs) Josh. Anyway. Anyway, And we just lost the last listener.
3: (laughs)
4: So, what do we want to visit about tonight, Craig? What do you. you
5: Um, Well, uh, we had a guest on last time and we'd had kind of a long stretch without a guest. And I think it's a—it's really nice when we get a guest on, we get some different points of view, hear something different from somebody else. And there are a lot of people in the fire service that are doing a lot of great things. And, and so this gives us an opportunity to talk to a few of them that and see what they're doing and what's going on. And uh, again, maybe get a, a better variation of uh what were the topics that we're, we're covering. So tonight uh, we thought we'd talk about kind of the, import- the importance of involvement in your fire department. There, there's so many things that fire departments do. They're so involved in their communities, uh, in their cities. And those things don't happen if our membership is not involved. If our membership doesn't step up and, and help with those things because a few people can't do it all. And that, that is one of the great strengths of the fire services it's, it's a team job. We work well as a team. It's one of those, if somebody's working, we're all working. Uh, and then that goes to then also all the different things that a fire department does both inside the department and in the community too. So we thought this would be a great opportunity. I know Josh has been in, in, involved in several different things in our department and it'd be fun to hear from him on, on his involvement in those things and, and the reasons why that's important.
4: All right. I think most people that have been around the fire services are very involved in, in- the departments internally externally loc- with their local union or other community services that are involved around you. So yeah, it definitely is important. I know all three of us have been involved throughout our careers one mm-hmm. way or another, sometimes way too much, uh, get involved, but I think it's great.
3: Yeah. So Josh, tell us a little bit about, um, how you've been involved with your department over in Fargo.
6: Yeah. Uh, over the last few years, I think, uh, I've been involved a lot with a lot of our groups with the union. Um, organizing the firefighter end of a local race, a local marathon, and our presence there, taking over for Craig once he left for bigger, better things. Um, but uh, I and most recently um, doing a lot of training with our new recruits um, on forcible entry, hose line advancement, uh, some of the firefighter basics, and uh, really looking to uh, instill some of the basics that we've learned throughout my career. And so um, we can pass that on to the the new recruits that we get in our academy you're also involved in the uh, hiring process yep. we got the uh hiring committee um and it's been a good opportunity to be involved in that to see some of the things that we're seeing in our frontline apparatus and, and that we deal with and then also what we may want to see in the hiring process and how we want to change and have a voice in
5: in that um in that whole process with with you you talk about having a voice, and so I, I got to throw the question out there. So why why is it important to be involved in your fire department? Well, I think for me, like I said before, it's it's just to have your voice heard.
6: A lot of times, in, if I'm not a captain, um, if I'm not a chief, if I'm not a higher up, feeling like I'm a, a frontline firefighter, I may feel like I don't have a voice in some of the decisions that that come through. But being involved in these committees, these um groups or even just in the community gives you a voice to uh, have your voice or have your your ideas heard at least they may not be followed but at least you're getting out there and and sharing those those choices or those voices with with the administration and uh, some of the things we're seeing um, uh, being able to pass that on to you and give you that information have that communication between the the two roles basically
5: i think that's so important that's what makes fire departments so great is 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 the bulk of the people are involved and they, that's why we're able to do so many things. And I remember years ago, our chief saying that my door is open, bring stuff to me. Uh, I'm open to listening to your ideas, but don't expect me to do all the work. So bring me an idea. I'll help you. But again, essentially, he's a, he's the busiest person or one of the busiest people in the department. You can't just here's my idea. Go make it happen. And. and and I think there's a, a lot of good to that because his point was one, where we need to share the workload, but two, it's a great way for people to learn about the how a department functions too.
4: Right. I mean that when I was a younger firefighter, you just had these ideas, these grandiose ideas on how I can fix and save the world, and and you, no one was listening. You know, it's just like you're not listening to me, and and then there, and then the administration on the other side was well. He doesn't understand the budget. He doesn't understand what goes into those things. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a proponent of like, come with me an idea and I'll help you. Um, same with the committees. We'll, we'll work together on this, but we have to, you know, I can see your side and you need to see maybe the city side. I need to see what the budget is, you know, how long it takes to put money into the budget might be next year, might be current, might be three years from now. You have to, what you know, what kind of training is going to be involved in what you're thinking of. Um, what kind of policies do we have to write to to implement this piece of equipment or, or policy that you want to do? So, yeah, I think it's a great way to, to teach each other. Um, sometimes you sit in the office and you don't see what's going on in the streets. Um, then I get that view, and then you can help teach the view of the budget side of it or or the, the department side of it.
7: Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. So maybe you could walk through a little bit what you have
3: done with the hiring committee. I'm kind of intrigued about that because in a lot of departments, it's strictly chief officers that are involved with that. And just kind of talk through what your committee does and what you've been able to do in your role.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, please correct me if I'm getting anything wrong, but we formed a committee, um, uh, maybe a year ago to take a look at the way we hire, who we hire, how we're hiring, uh, what our whole process is like. And, you know, we're seeing some of the numbers uh, of applicants dip a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're not having 5,000 people apply for the three positions, you know, yeah. uh, and we're, you know, depending on how we are hiring or what we're acquiring, we're, Our numbers are going down, but, you know, we're still maybe at that time hiring off the same process as we did before when we had the, you know, the the large numbers. So taking a look at how we recruit, how we test um, and just having a large group of all sorts of from captains to firefighters to uh, chiefs and administration, taking a look at that whole entire process, um, seeing and bringing in even uh, city administrators and city um, workers to come in and say, Mm -hmm you got any help or you got any ideas that we can implement here and how we want to change our process.
5: Yeah. And so. I think one of the big things that goes along with that is that the, at least for us, and I'm guessing for a lot of the listeners out there, the fire service recruitment and number of applicants is dramatically changed. <clears throat> so I, I always tell people, essentially we've had a, a system that was set up for decades to take a large number of applicants and make it into a small number. So we'll take it, a big number of applicants, cut it down to a small number that we put on a list and then we'll hire just a few off of that list, potentially in the next two years or more. And now we're in the opposite position where we're getting a lot less applicants and we're hiring a lot more people. Uh, And so one of the big concerns with that, with our people is that we're not lowering standards. And so that's where it's really important to have uh, amongst all the ranks, a a lot of different people involved. So they have a voice and they can express those concerns and then we can address them. How do we, how do we make sure that we make sure we're not lowering standards, but we're still getting enough applicants through the process.
6: Right. I think part of that too, is looking at how we recruit, how we hire, who we recruit. And, uh, you know, we've, whether it's, you know, I say as a captain, whether it's training, whether it's. Yeah, my office, whether it's talking to me, whether it's hiring or mental health or anything, I don't know how effective the open door policy is. Um, we can say, hey, my door's open. Come and talk to me anytime. It really takes someone to go out and especially for we're, we're not getting enough people or not enough, but a lot of people, the numbers that we want, we may have to go out and start actively uh, pounding the streets and seeing like grabbing, introducing ourselves to
5: people and being a little more active in the community. That's really what we've had to do because we, again, when you go back decades, it's a system built on taking a large number of applicants or a large pool and turning into a small number. So we didn't recruit. We didn't have to worry about it. We kind of treated it like, well, we're the fire department. Everybody wants to work here. And that worked for a long time. Unfortunately, now we we have to put some effort into recruiting. Uh, And so it's looking at community groups that we can reach out to where we might find people that would be good at the job. And then also doing it ourselves too I, I, I guess i because i work with the recruitment i work with josh doing this stuff i'm always pushing stuff out to the department so every time we do a hiring list i'll send out an email hey we're going to hire reach out to anybody you know let them know we're hiring have them fill out an application and really it, i hadn't been doing it myself it's kind of like oh yeah everybody else go do it. and and now i'm finding even myself as i meet people as i run into to Uh, friends, kids, and and other people that I know in the community and other communities, wherever I am, it it now has become a, hey, have you ever thought about the fire department? Maybe you'd be interested. You should come to a ride along. Uh, And so it's kind of getting everybody to do their part and and really actually recruit. I think it's even changing the way we test and the way we interview. We've become a lot more
6: open to um, doing interviews over the online, right? And uh, testing online and and. Do we really have to have that person in here uh, on a specific day testing physically? If they can't make it, then they can't make it. You know, can we, can we open that timeline and make it more accessible to people to maybe not travel up to
5: beautiful yeah, Balmy, Fargo, Fargo, North yeah. Dakota? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <to> <laughs> That's death. been
5: a big part of it, is trying to make it more flexible without lowering the standard. And so, yeah, we can do a virtual interview. We prefer to do it in person, but we're not going to let that be a barrier to hiring somebody.
7: Seconds count when responding to an emergency. Minutes save count when documenting your day. Emergency networking makes records management easier and faster with its fire and EMS solution. User-friendly, complete online and offline functionality, highly customizable, all at an affordable price. For more information, please visit emergencynetworking.com. I think that's one
3: thing that COVID era restrictions Kind of introduced to us is alternate ways of connecting with people, having meetings or interviewing um, can actually work. And, and prior to that, I, we certainly wouldn't have considered that ourselves, but we have done um, internet interviews of people. And I've been on some interview panels for the city and other departments. And really, they have been just as effective as having somebody sit right there in the room. And I never would have believed it had I not been doing it. We wouldn't have done it if we weren't challenged to have to find alter, alter, alternate solutions.
6: I had an interesting experience with another department I know a while ago. Um, went through a hiring process and and was expecting like a 500 question civil service exam, and here's all my prerequisites and my credits. And and it got there, and it was a 30 page, are you a good person question test, and then a two page essay. And I had an interview after that, and he goes, "What'd you think about it?" The chief, and the chief goes, "What'd you think about it?" And I said, ah, "You got me." You know, I, that was crazy. And he goes, "Everybody got an interview." We, you know, I was looking for good guys. I want good people good men and women to join. We've mm-hmm. got all these credentials. You're smart. I don't need a test to tell me you're smart. You're an RD and EMT. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to have good people coming here. Um, not the grenade throwers who stay outside. I want leaders and I, I trust this crew. Um, to interview you. And then I want to meet you and I want to meet you again. And then I'll make my decision. I'll make my list. And so I thought that was an interesting way of handling that hiring process. Now it's been a little while. I don't know how that's worked out, but it was an interesting way to, <laughs> to, to, to go about that. And I, I, you know, I thought it was respected. It was interesting.
3: Sure. I know that's been our primary focus when we're hiring is trying to find people with the right attitude who are going to be good customer focused team employees who want to participate For the rest of their career, however long that happens to be with us, whether it's 20 years or whether it's seven. And that can make all the difference in how the organization moves forward. So how did you first get involved with that committee? Were they looking for volunteers? Did you volunteer yourself?
6: I know we had talked about forming it and I just, I volunteered. I've been interested in that. I've worked uh, in a different uh, nonprofit group um, working on a different population, but i um, still working on diversity, hiring, uh, stuff like that. And it was kind of up my alley. Like I really wanted to make a difference. Um, I sat there and I thought, Oh, I see the numbers going down. What's going on. You kind of see those red flakes come up like, all right, what can we do? What can we do? And, and then this committee popped up and I said, Oh, that's a good way to do something. Have your voice be heard. And, and yeah, it was a good opportunity to make a difference instead of just sitting and wondering why.
3: Sure. And I think it comes out in the discussion. You feel it's been worth your time?
6: I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get great candidates coming in and and we're hiring good people. And it's I think it's working.
3: Have you gotten any, anything out of this process?
6: Yeah. It, like I said, uh, voices being heard, um, being able to speak my mind freely in groups, <laughs> you know, mm. whether it's good or bad or whether I'm told, now nah, that's never going to work or that's interesting. Thank you. You know, I'll, I'll think about it. And also realizing... <laughs> As you get attacked by a fly, yeah, got Mike <laughs> oh. <pensed. laughs> But realizing on my end that nothing's going to come fast, and seeing kind of how a uh, sausage made is made, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, saying oh, I want this now, and realizing it's not going to happen until five, ten years maybe, um, and having to adjust my timeline of when I want. Mm-hmm. I think early in my career, I, I got really fired up with some training I, I had. I'm like, yes, this is how we change the fire service. And I really <laughs> went in. I'm like now, and I slammed my head against the wall and I'm like, Oh, got hurt, got put in time out a little bit and went, Oh, I got to learn how to make change here. And so going into these committees, going into these groups is a good way to make that change.
5: I think that's one of the toughest things for people in the fire service. I know at least for me is as a firefighter, your job is to go out and solve somebody's problem as quickly as you can. And so it gets it at least for me. Again, it got me into this point in life where I expected everything to happen immediately, and if it didn't, I got just—I I was very impatient. I wanted it now. Let's get this done. Uh, that's what makes us good at our jobs. You, know, you go out there and Plan A doesn't work. You go right to Plan B. There's no mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll we'll come back in a day or a two. meeting no. about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you get it done, and and unfortunately, what you find is to make big changes the bigger the change in a lot of cases the longer it takes because maybe it costs more money or there, there are more factors or issues involved with it that you have to work through um, and so I love the when people in the department get involved because they start to learn that oh it doesn't happen overnight but we can make it happen and we can make a difference and, and I, so I love it when somebody comes with an idea and we go okay but we're gonna have to do this and this and this and this and this to figure this stuff out first but then you do get out the other end at some point and they go yeah, it, it, it was a lot of them, I think would say it's more work than I thought it was going to be, but you brought change, you brought about change. You, you contributed. I hope. I
4: think it it helps grow the department obviously, because you have multiple people and different views, but it also helps grow the individual. So Josh got to be on a committee that's a pretty, very important committee, uh, that he's going to have say in it and it's going to could dictate the next 30, 40, 50 years of the department that, that he's part of. And Mm -hmm. he gets to learn through that process, um, So it's kind of a win-win to get more people involved. Is that the right thing to say?
0: IFSTA is dedicated to updating firefighting techniques and safety through the creation of our manuals, apps, curriculum, Resource One, and more. Our high-quality, technically accurate, and affordable training and education materials have made us a worldwide leader of the fire service. Visit us at ifsta.org for more information.
3: Yeah. And we're talking here about the changes that you learn about what happens in the background in policy development and in in crafting the future and how long it takes to make changes in the organization or change how, in this particular case, you're doing recruiting and retention. And it's really hard to get a grasp on that change unless you're part of it or unless you're part of a process and realize through a little bit of trial and error, through a little bit of pain of moving from crews that are used to making an impact in 20 minutes or less in somebody's life um, and uh, realizing what's involved. Because even listening to this podcast, you can think about that, but you tend to go into it. Almost everybody does when you're switching from that role of firefighter or captain into getting more involved with your department. You usually think, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to change it now. I'm going to change it quickly. This is going to be great. There's going to be so much initiative behind what I'm doing. Everybody's going to come along. Then you realize, oh, I didn't. Yeah, there's no money set aside for that. Shoot.
6: And part of it to to keep me sane, you know, like a lot of us firefighters, we come off with great ideas. That's the type of people we are. We want change. We know exactly how to solve this. We know exactly how. And we'll be the ones standing up and yelling, here's how we do it. And and whether it's not the right time, whether you are busy, the administration's busy going, I can't deal with that. I'm dealing with this fire over here. Uh, It feels like you're getting pounded down and pretty soon it's easy to get. Um, bitter about it and be kind of that cranky old guy who just complains. But if you're involved in these, in these committees and these trainings and, and, you know, uh, you can't complain about tra- a new guy, not knowing what to do if you haven't trained them. Right. So it's right. the same yep. thing as being in this hiring committee, complaining about the guys we got, whatever, whatever. And it's like, well, what have you done? So it gives you that voice and it keeps you kind of fresh in your career knowing like, okay, at least I got to tell um our people what we're thinking. So
3: Yeah. And then you start to get an impression about what else is going on in the department that you're not involved with. But if you know that somebody's working on an issue or there's another committee working on that or a couple officers are assigned to that, you can start to get a feel for, all right, the changes happen slowly, incrementally with planning and having to work with people outside of the department and teams to make things happen while competing in the budget for the things that you need to make all these programs work. And so you can start to build, it starts to build a little bit of calmness in you that Hey, these things are going to happen. They're going to take a little bit of time, but the issues aren't being ignored. There are people working on it and there are probably going to be good solutions coming down the road. And if you can be receptive to that waiting and then also getting involved where you have those opportunities, then, then uh, it can feel like the organization is a much more positive place just from knowing that.
6: Yeah. I mean, this entire week we've uh, sat in a onboarding. Uh, captain's class where we've been able to chat back and forth about different things that we think and you think, and, and, you know, it's been a really good communication uh, for me to ask questions like, well, why don't we do this? And you're like, well, cause this is why and I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, a lot of times that gets lost in the process from um that one side of the hallway to the frontline apparatus, you know, God, they just hate us. They, they don't want to do this. Oh, they aren't listening to me. They don't know what we do. Right. And it's really that communication that's lost. You don't have time all the time to sit there and, and all week and talk with us. So being involved in those um, discussions at that group level or training level or wherever it is, is helpful because that gives me a chance to figure out why or why not we're implementing something.
3: I I think that's one of the keys to helping to communicate with the department is that frontline supervisor, the fire captains or the lieutenants that are out there that if, if you can take the time to work through your battalion chiefs and the upper administration to learn more about what's going on, get involved, but then be able to have those discussions like you're talking about, whether it's a new captain's group or whether it's periodic meetings to talk about where the department is going and why, that you can be the ambassadors to carry that message back to the men and women that are working out on the front lines and be able to relate some of the whys and and some of the whys that mean something to them too, not just administrative why speak that means something to us and yeah you know, that can make all the difference in the world about getting the whole team on board with where the department's trying to go.
5: I'm kind of, I'm really glad to hear what what Josh just had to say about the onboarding week because I think the other thing is is I look back at my career and I you kind of go well okay I I remember being in the same spot. And you're always hesitant to ask questions. And it gives us a chance to just sit down for a week and go, ask us whatever you want. We, we, we do not try to hide anything. We want to be, uh, transparent with, with the things that we're doing. Um, uh, and it, we want you to ask why we, that's what we're here for is to explain why do we do this? Why don't we do that? Uh, to give you a better understanding, but hopefully it also opens that door to where you're a lot more comfortable coming. To us any anytime going right. hey what's the deal with this right well great come on sit down let's let's talk about it
2: like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years flex seven outer shell fabric delivers a perfectly broken in feel on the very first wear flexible comfortable and powered with the strength of enforced technology flex seven outer shell fabric is made to move to learn more visit com slash flex seven flex seven powered by enforced technology only from tencada protective fabrics
4: i think i heard craig even say his door is always open
5: <laughs> i might be kicking it down
4: sometime yeah.
5: <laughs> but, but no, at you're least, right and i i'm not trying to speak for all administrators yeah. out there but that's honestly the way we feel and uh, we, we care about the department. We care about our people. Right. I, I want, I want our people happy. I want them healthy. Um, and so if there are issues, come sit down, come on and bring them over. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we can do to make it better, to solve it. To, and the only thing is uh, I can't guarantee you we're going to be able to fix something overnight. So if it's something uh, cultural, if it's something, whatever, it's going to take a while to change it. We're, if it's a big budget item, it's going to take a while. It doesn't mean we can't do it, but. Uh, you try to explain And I didn't know this stuff either as a firefighter, but in the case of budgets, our budget for the next year just got approved and we will literally be starting to talk about the 2025 budget in a few months. Right. right. So, so that's how far out you have to be on this stuff. So it doesn't mean it can't happen. It just means we got to be thinking about it ahead of time. So if you want to bring a a big change, that's going to be a significant budget impact right now. The soonest it could possibly happen is 2025, but this is the time to bring it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, but so it's just understanding that's the budget process. It is what it is. Love it. Hate it. Doesn't matter. I I don't have control over it. It is what it is. So just understand that it doesn't mean we don't want change. Doesn't mean we can't make change. It just means that we're, it's going to take some time and some planning.
3: Yeah. And just like with administrators having enough time or committees already being full, you might have to wait for that slot to be able to start working on that next project that you have. So the idea might be great and it might make a huge impact in the department and there's absolutely no time to work on it yet. But in three months, we can start working on that because that's how far out you might be planning the work too, besides just the budget.
4: Well, what's nice about it is with committees, I know people don't always like committees, but the committees are always working, right? So we have an apparatus committee that's always looking at improving the apparatus or looking at new apparatus. We have clothing committees, you know, all the specialty team committees, uh, hiring committees. I mean, I could go on and on and on for the list of how many there are, but um, those are always kind of working in the background. So they're actually doing a majority of the work ahead Mm -hmm. of schedule. Right. So when the chief says, hey, by March, um, I need some ideas to submit the budget for 2025. Well, here's our ideas. We've already kind of vetted them. We've already got to kind of gone through them. Uh, I think it's a, a good way to do it. Some chiefs just like to make all the decisions. <laughs> I don't think that's the right way to do it. Uh, I think they're fooling themselves. I think they're short-lived when they do that. Uh, get people involved as much as possible.
0: Absolutely.
5: On oh. that, I was just going to touch on the, the other aspect of this is, is we talked about the input you get, which I think is, is extremely important that – it, it gives you more buying in in your organization, uh, but the other thing that it really does is it helps the organization. I, I could speak to a few of the things Josh is working on because they, they directly impact things that I work on. So, I, I work with recruitment and hiring, and so his involvement helps me, and it helps the department quite a bit. Uh, I work a lot with the, the training and the recruits. Well. He comes in and helps teach some of those classes where he's got a passion and a higher level of knowledge for uh, some uh, specific areas, then we can bring him in. It gives the training officers a little bit of a break and it gives the recruits some time with somebody that really is passionate about a couple different subjects that then is going to teach it to a better level. They're, they're going to enjoy it and so forth. And, and, our, and our training captains do a wonderful job, but they, they have to teach all these different things. So again, if, if people help out a little bit, it, it helps the overall training. Just it, it improves it.
6: Well, I think that's for my, one of my passions in my career is not the budget planning, the <laughs> gear committee, this and that. Come it's, on, it's I know. <laughs> <laughs> But part of my passion is basics of firefighting, hose line management, first wall entry, all these things that are kind of thought of as, well, you should already know that. Why spend time on that? That's your, that's your deal to figure out like why I've, I've got all these things to do. Why do I have to spend time showing you how to pull a line, you know? And, and in the end for my career, um, it's the only people in the in the city that do that anymore, <laughs> right? So we're the only <laughs> one that when something's on fire, we're going to go there and we have to learn how to do that. We're going to know how to do that um, and show up and do it well. Um, in the beginning of my career, I, I know that was probably a year and a half, two years. Um, had a pretty rough summer. Was involved in a mayday um, and was going. Whoa, this is what it's like. Uh, thinking I knew everything, uh, and all of a sudden, a class came into town uh, called nozzle forward by Aaron, with Aaron Fields and his crew. And it kind of made me go, Oh, I don't know anything. Uh, I've got a new passion here. This is what I want to do. Um, and I started applying for training and was you know kind of shortly after that going, yeah, no, sorry, we don't have money, time, whatever to send you there. And I kind of got down on myself again until I talked to another um, officer. and He said, well, why don't you just do it on your own? Go, you know, we're, we're not going to send you to all these, just go do it. And, you know, we have this um, on my side, on the front line side, this thought of Chiefs won't let me do it. I can't do it. There's no time to train. And that's that's a bad excuse. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so it's kind of our voice once we, st- you know, I, I took a lot of time to do that. And pretty soon people were saying, oh, fire went out. How did you do that? What, what's going on? Hey, would you want to teach a class now? And now we spend a day in our academy, um, not only teaching hose line advancement, force line entry, and stuff like that, but I, I think that full day is also a good chance for me to um, instill some of our values and say, this is why we do it. This is, you're going to have all this other time to spend on all these other things that need to be learned. Today's your day to learn about the cool stuff about firefighting. And this is why we do it. And here's our, here's our values. So, <clears throat> uh, you know, after we after that initial training, I was all gung ho, let's go storm the gates. <laughs> and immediately was said, <laughs> back off kid, you know, uh, let's, this is how it works. But, it's easy, like I said, to lose that passion, and but you really have to take it on, and that's how change happens.
5: I think those are some of the best things about our academy that we run is we bring in different people through the course of the academy that teach subjects that they're passionate about. Right. That passion shows through. So, yeah, you're teaching them the technical aspects of hose advancement, but they're seeing and feeling and hearing the passion for it, and so they're going to learn it better they're going to enjoy it more. They're going to want to learn more about it. And and we're, we've been able to do that with a few different topics with extrication and hazmat and so forth. That, that we've got some really awesome people in our department that care enough to come in and don't they're not. We're paying them, but but they're they're giving their time. They're, we're not forcing them to do it. They're coming in on their off days. That's, that's the best way to put it. They're coming in on their off days to help the department and be involved and make it better. And it does make it better for the recruits. So when the recruits graduate from the academy, they're better at their job.
3: And I think that's one of the easiest ways for a firefighter to start getting involved with their department is to find the area of their job that they're passionate about and and volunteer to help pass that along to other folks. It can be scary at first if you haven't done a lot of adult education and you're not sure what kind of support you'll have from the department or from the folks that are working there, whether they're new recruits or people who have been on for a while. But almost universally, when you have somebody with a passion, people appreciate that. They like going through that training and education of that. And you grow so much as an instructor when you know that you've got that responsibility to pass things along the right way that you grow just as much, if not more than the people that you're teaching in that. And through that passion, you start to find the other areas that are going to be exciting to you. So if you're doing nozzle forward, you might find that, why do we have the nozzles that we have? Why don't we have a nozzle like this instead of like that, which can start working into an equipment committee or an apparatus committee to say, from what we're doing here, I can see another area where we can make a difference or where it could be good and we can move on and starts to open those doors to how some of the stuff works in the background at your department.
6: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a way, whether it's, you know, the hiring committee or the, the training that we do or any other committee, you know, it's a way that we can get, <clears throat> excuse me, involved and pass on that, that love for the job to the, to the new people and say, you know, kind of give them a wink. And I, I got to call you out. I, I listen to this podcast a lot. And, and early on, like maybe a few years ago, you talked about changing the name from firefighters to all hands, emergency response, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I kind of winked at the guys in my class. I said, listen, <laughs> No one ever wanted to grow up to be a all-hands emergency or response <laughs> technician. We want to grow up to be firefighters. And this is what firefighters do. And if you value this, you know, we also do this stuff too. Come join. Come do this. This is this is the attitude we want. You know, we don't want to sit here and and complain. We want to do something about it. So be self-sufficient. Do it, whether it's hiring committee, clothing committee, uh, hose line management. And, and what goes hand in hand in that is disrespecting each other when we speak, you know, Trying to trying to learn what you guys do and and what you do and having that communication back and forth between what do you value why can't we
5: do everything I want right now and it's, you know, that's that's <clears throat> excellent message there and and I'm gonna. Give a shout out to Chris here with that's his uh, adult conversation. It, it, when we do this, let's, let's do it in an adult conversation in this fire service. Okay. Some of us, maybe myself too, tend to be type A person, personality type people. We're a little bit aggressive or a little bit opinionated or a little bit know-it-all. Um, and 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 I that's great. It, it sometimes makes you good at your job. We, we want, we need aggressive people because we work in a dangerous environment, but, uh, at least for me, one of my biggest weaknesses is, is being able to just sit down, listen, and have a calm conversation with somebody. But that's really the most effective way you can get something done. And so, if you can approach as, as a chief officer or whoever in, in a calm, respectful manner, they're going to listen because, again, it, they care. They want to improve the department too, but they they may know of some of the hurdles. And so... It's not, again, that an idea can't be accomplished. It's that, okay, we can't do this now or we can't do it in this way, but we could do it here or we can do it in this way. And, and working together I, I I think is just is very beneficial to the organization and to everybody involved. And it goes both ways too where, you know, one of the quickest ways to squash my
6: motivation is to have someone come in um, who's either a coworker or someone in charge and say something like, why, why worry about that? All fires go out or something like that. And then inside me, that's, that's my passion though. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm doing. You know, that's what uh, you saying. I'm not, you know, valuable here. Well, you know, I don't have anything else. Whereas, you know, if I'm working on something different, you know, it's easy not to hear that. And it's the same thing for me to go to your side and why can't I get, and whatever a raise of this and that from you and you're like well, I'm managing it the best I can <laughs> and you know I'm not understanding at you and I can yell at you and say you're not worried about me well, that's that's, the, that's the adult <laughs> conversation yeah, that's side, uh, yeah.
4: right understanding yeah. both sides uh, respectfully having respecting
5: each other yeah yep mm-hmm. treating each other as adults as professionals uh, it can't be can't be stated enough yeah. I love
4: adult conversations Jeff earlier you said teaching firemen or firefighters is adult education. I'm not sure that's the correct term you would use.
3: It can be at times. <laughs> there are technical definitions and there's reality.
4: I'm saying that as a firefighter. Yes. So. <laughs> no, it's good to get involved. And it can also, uh, I was thinking why you guys are visiting. It can also reignite passions. It's, that's We don't think about that sometimes because mm-hmm. you yeah. you choose a topic or a committee that you're really passionate about. But if you really don't have any passions, but you think, oh, like, I wouldn't mind being involved in the clothing committee. All of a sudden you're on the clothing committee and you're passionate about it because you've learned something. You've understood mm-hmm. something. This is why the shirt is made of this material. This is why we buy belts. This is why we buy boots, you know, and that that can ignite a passion. Also, I always say it's like going to FDIC. Whenever I went to FDIC, I came back pretty passionate, pretty, you know, excited about the fire service again. So it can it can work the same way by getting involved in committees getting involved in your department, getting involved in your union, those kinds
5: of things. gets you around Mm -hmm. people where you feel like you're doing so again, we're all firefighters. That's That's what makes us feel best. So it's kind of, you look at the busiest companies tend to have the best morale. It's easiest to maintain morale because they're doing good. They're out there doing things. They feel good about themselves. And and I think that's a, a great way to put it is being involved in your organization is another way you can Be busy doing good things and and make yourself feel better too.
4: reignite that passion.
5: One thing I would say to anybody that's listening is if you have interest in these committees, if you have an interest in in some part of your organization, reach out to those that are part of it and let them know. Uh, I kind of wonder sometimes if we have people that don't reach out that are interested because they go, well, all the spots are full. In a lot of cases, we have some flexibility with how many people are on the committees and how many spots and so forth. Uh, and even if there aren't, there are ways that you can start to get involved in this. Yeah, that and there, will,
4: there will be at some time. Yes. We'll get your new names out there. Yeah. I know of, uh, several people in our department that are just sitting and waiting kind of for to get on some committees.
5: Yeah, yeah, reach out to the people on the committees and let them know. Reach out to the people running the committees and go, hey, I want to – I'm interested in this. Can I get involved? Do you have room for me now? Do you have room for me later? Would, and, and you will the next thing you know, I would guess you'll find yourself involved in some way, shape or form.
3: Yeah. If you're just waiting and waiting for that opportunity, the folks who are a little more proactive, you might see moving around you and wondering what's going on. You know, why are they the favored child? No, I can't. Well, I can't get in. Yeah. It, it's about those who um, are demonstrating the initiative and those who have the courage to stand up and, and ask for those opportunities. But some people honestly don't know that it can work that way, that it's okay to do that. But it's,
6: it is. Oftentimes yeah. it's the same people you see in, in all, you know, volunteering for all the committees. And you're that like, it? well, that's just that one guy spreading his knowledge around everywhere. Well, we need more people, <laughs> right. uh, more men and women to, to be on all these committees. And yeah. then also, if I'm not on the committee, I can still be a liaison. I can still talk to that person and say, hey, what's up with this? That's one of the nice things about having these uh, crew led committees or these um, frontline firefighters or captains or officers on the committees is when my, sh- when my uh, pants rip, I can go to Jimmy over there, who's on the committee, and say, "Hey, my pants ripped." (laughs) You know, instead of attacking one of the chiefs or one, you know, every day. And you can attack Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, what the heck? We need more Jimmys around. (laughs) But he'll be, you know, I know him better, and he's, you know, hey, he's my neighbor. He's my whatever. More comfortable with him. Yeah, we can Mm -hmm. talk about it and bring it to you instead of you hearing all the grapes all the time. And because I, uh, you know, when you come around for our yearly visits or or not yearly visits but our chief visits and stuff. And it's like, Oh, I'm sure all you do is hear us griping all the time. (laughs) You know, it seems like, well, that's, you know, that's seven stations, three, three shifts each. That's a lot of complaints, but you know, it's, it's a good chance for us to talk and use that time to talk, you know, but yeah, it's it's nice to having that area uh, to go to on shift or having those members on shift to be able to speak.
4: Well, it's easier, faster, right? You know, you can bring ideas to your, if you have a committee member on your shift, you're not on the committee, but you can bring ideas to them.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: You know that, that's just another way of they're looking for people to bring other ideas too. So mm-hmm. that's important. So getting involved is is extremely important. I think we all have, like say, in the past, gotten involved in a lot of committees. Um, I think it's important that it just you just learn so much, right? Yes. So by Josh being on a committee, he's learning the whole process, not just Josh's idea. He's learning the whole process through this. So now Josh is more prepared for the next time he has an idea. He's more prepared for the next generation coming up. He can teach that generation.
5: Well, and, and we talk about this a lot too, where we hopefully are teaching those younger than us, those that are coming through behind us. We're hopefully teaching them the things we know so that they can fill our shoes. And then not only just fill our shoes and our positions at some point, but do it and do it better than what we've done. That's that's the goal. That's that's what we want. And when you look at the fire department and maybe, Jeff, you can speak to this. I'm not a chief chief, but from what I know of now, you can't know everything about the fire department and the fire service. So the more committees you're involved with over your career, the more things you get involved with, the more you do learn. And so then it gives you, again, it's a learning job. So there's good in that, but it just gives you a better understanding of how the whole organization runs because there's so many different pieces. You can't be involved with all of them. You can't know all of them, but the more you get involved with, the better you'll understand the others.
3: And I can say as a chief, one of the main goals that I have is planning for the future of the department so that the next round of leaders are being prepared properly to come up and then take over the roles of the people that are in those leadership positions right now. So making sure that there's the next round of chiefs being developed as we work through it right. to continue carrying on the mission of where we want to go and seeing that direction through with the strategic plans that we have and everything. So so that's moving forward. So it's really... a when you get into that role, it's, it, you're preparing to leave the organization behind. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're trying to make sure that, yeah. that you've provided the adequate support for other people to stand up and seamlessly walk in and continue that mission.
6: And you, if you're not involved in that, you don't have a voice. So it's the same thing. When I was uh, a new firefighter, I heard a lot of the older firefighters sometimes talk about uh, this, this or the other thing, this crew, this union, this whatever hurt me in the past. I, I don't like it. I don't agree with what this committee is doing. Therefore, I'm not a part of it. It's like, well, what's going to change then? How right. are you going to change yeah. this group if you're not mm-hmm. sitting there every, every meeting and, and voicing your opinion or you're coming up with solutions? So that to me always was confusing. <laughs> yeah. I've always,
4: you know, in a large, I like once I said death by committee, but um, <laughs> there hasn't been a, like a chief officer's meeting that I haven't learned something, mm-hmm. you know, cause you, you come in with an idea and you haven't, an, you have the thought in your head and by the time it gets all the way around the room, you learn something. Same with committees, right? So you, you have an idea and a kind of a thought process in your mind, the direction this committee should be going, and then someone else throws in something that you haven't thought about, and you learn something. So I think yeah. that's very important.
6: And I think coming into those committees with a little bit of um, being humble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I've been in a few committees with our strategic planning and and other committees where I've opened my mouth and yeah, really you know yelled for something, and then that night later came sat down on my bed and went. Ah uh, crap! I don't know what I just did. That's not how I feel anymore. <laughs> <do> you, <laughs> you know, but yeah. being able to humble humbly say, "Yeah, I don't. You know, I agree now. I thought about it longer, and you know, I think I agree with you. You know, yeah. I, that really wasn't what I was thinking. That you know, I was talking about something else. And you know, but just being willing to not only share your points, demanding change, yeah. <laughs> but hearing what you have to say also, and and
5: yeah, listening, so, and again having that adult conversation. One of the one of the captains in the this orientation week this week just said it earlier in the week he said once you start yelling in an argument you've lost you it. lost it yeah. yep and, and and that's that's really a great thing for people to remember is yep your effect the the effectiveness of your communication at that point is pretty much gone right.
4: so get on some committees jeff <laughs>
3: I should really take an interest in something in the fire department. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now get on committees, voice your opinion, uh, Absolutely. Be, be willing to learn, listen, mm-hmm. work hard, uh, open minded, throw all the big terms out there, I guess, but.
3: Yeah, but it's true. If you can be open minded and be open to, to learning from others, uh, it, it's amazing what you discover and how much you, you grow in this stuff. And if you've got a goal in mind that that committee has when you're working on it, you get a much better product in the end.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Get seven different sets of eyes looking at one thing.
6: And for I mean, I can speak from the front line guys, the the non you know promoting guys, the the drivers, the engineers, the the firefighters who are saying nothing's going to change unless you take that initiative and ownership and motivation yeah. to do that. Um, it's not a, it's not a you know, no one's letting me do this. You know, you might have to take a little bit of time at night to. Uh, figure out a tactic and, and, or I don't know, just a way of life thing
5: right. <laughs> and change. Well, it's kind of interesting. I guess I just have a quick example. Maybe before we close here mm-hmm. is it on the uniform committee that we have, one of our members just recently brought up that they, they think it'd be good to look at maybe a new logo, new lettering on, on our shirts, new designs, whatever. And, and uh, we changed it. It's probably been 10, 12 uh, years yeah. or I don't, I don't know something about that. And, Again, that uh, to me that's a perfect example of. I think we could do something that we'd like, or that's better, or whatever, and uh, maybe updates things just a change every once in a while. It's not too often, but uh, he's he's going to bring that forward, uh, and so we'll end up putting that out to the department and go, hey, what does everybody think about this? And we'll do a survey and, and get feedback. But but that's wow. how you that's how you affect change, and that that's a perfect example right there. Is that just is pretty recent.
4: I, I like that because I've been around way too long, so the logo's fine with me. <laughs> but if everyone else wants a different logo, I'm I'm all for it. Well, I'm all on the board. You yeah, know? and so if they
5: care, and they you, know, you want them to be wearing something that they 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 like, that they think looks good, etc. As long as it says fire department on it, not. Not, uh, all what, what access, was it? What? All, excess? access. Emergency. All hands all on. Emergency. All hands, all hands on deck. Keep working on it. All hands on deck. Would be hands on cool. deck ah, be cool.
3: It'll catch on one
6: day. Uh,
5: maybe you started something, Josh. <laughs> oh no. It's all Josh's <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah.
6: Josh's idea. For I'm sure we have a,
5: all hands on deck department. <laughs> yeah. We should form a committee.
6: <laughs> having your, having, kicking that to the, the people involved who are wearing that logo. Right. Um, and, and, Having a little pride in that and going, you know what, I'm going to make this. I think that's what happened last time as a guy came on and said, I'm going to have a little pride in this and develop develop and design it how I like it. And if we can get enough buy-in to make it meaningful, specific to the fire department and and our region in general, guys will wear that with pride. Guys and girls will wear that with pride. And they're invested. It's part of them, right?
4: I mean, I've I've been here through three patches on my sleeve, Mm -hmm. three different Fargo fire department patches. Yeah. To Holy me, that's crazy. Year old. you old. Know <laughs> we call you patchy? <laughs> yeah. One was like a year long. They got rid of it. it was stupid, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Didn't have any sugar beets on it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was going to say it was, was sweet. Was yeah. the first one hand stitched?
4: Hand stitched, yeah. <laughs> Betsy Ross. That- yeah. So I think that's who
5: it came from.
3: Did the three of you share that uniform shirt back in the day?
5: Yeah, we had to leave it hanging up. I maybe it have had to a, share it with the horse. Maybe did, it yeah. had the horses on it that you were <laughs> driving. <laughs> One of the horses
4: passed away, so we had to get a new patch, different color horse. No, no, I think it's great to to be involved. So that's uh, very important.
3: Well, Josh, thank you for joining us tonight and kind of giving us some of your perspective as a new captain and a younger member who's been involved with the department and and just seen some really positive things from that. Yeah. Appreciate the advice to other new members who are listening.
4: Appreciate it. Absolutely.
3: And uh, you, you talked about, um, you know, you can kind of bring FDIC to your department by having new ideas and being involved and all that kind of stuff and doing training and stuff, but it's not too late. It's, a, it's actually the perfect time to start thinking about FDIC Absolutely. coming up next year because uh, the information is coming out and there's no better place to go to have that many people together and have just the variety of training topics that are available to you, both hands-on training and classroom training for us admin type nerds. So, you know, we can both be there getting something out of it.
4: Everybody should go to FDIC at least yes. uh,
3: at least once. At least in your seven career.
4: times in your career, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or eight or nine. <laughs> I'm still in for one. I'd like to go. <laughs> bring it to the committee, Josh. Bring, mm, it, to like to bring we'll it to the committee. We'll talk about it.
5: Who yeah. at Penwell could help us with
4: that? <laughs> <laughs> Super.
3: All right. Well, with that, appreciate you joining us for another episode of Tailboard Talk, and we'll try to think up a new topic and have a new guest in about a month or so. Until then, stay safe.
5: Stay safe. Have a good night. Have a good one.
1: Thank you you for listening to Tailboard Talk. Don't forget to tune in each week, Monday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. You can also subscribe to all of our shows on iTunes. Just search for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. Check out our educational programs and consultation services. They're all available at tailboardconsulting.com. There you can find links to all of our shows and our magazine articles. Thanks for listening and join us again next month for another episode of Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio.
7: Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. Seconds count when responding to an emergency. Minutes save count when documenting your day emergency networking makes records management easier and faster with its fire and ems solution user-friendly complete online and offline functionality highly customizable all at an affordable price for more information please visit emergencynetworking.com.
0: ifsta is dedicated to updating firefighting techniques and safety through the creation of our manuals apps curriculum Resource One and more. Our high quality, technically accurate, and affordable training and education materials have made us a worldwide leader of the fire service. Visit us at ifsta.org for more information.
2: Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 outer shell fabric delivers a perfectly broken in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology. Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit TenkataFabrics.com slash Flex 7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology. Only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics.